0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have Dr. John Porman, who is a chiropractor based out of Tempe, Arizona. We had a phenomenal conversation. He's an incredibly encouraging and motivating guy. I'm just going to get right into it. And without further ado, Dr. John Porman. my friend. Good, good, good. So uh, I'm going to start this podcast off with what we call a bad minute. I got this from uh, the Team Never Quit podcast. So okay. basically, I'm just going to fire questions at you, get our brains fired up, mainly me, so I can hang with you. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <All right. laughs> what was the first car you ever owned? Chevy Chevette. Chevy Chevette. What's your favorite movie?
1: Uh, The Matrix.
0: The Matrix. Who's your favorite superhero?
1: Um, don't have one.
0: Don't have one, man.
1: No, you're,
0: you're kind of your own
1: superhero, I guess. Because I want uh, to live to be one. Correct. Uh, yeah. I was, um, was going to say I was like I won't say that, but yeah.
0: Boom! I like it. All right, what's your favorite book?
1: Um, jeez, there's so many. I mean, personal development of some kind. I don't know anything that has just personal development or has just overcoming obstacles and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I like it. There's uh, so many, just,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel you, man. Uh, what's the, uh, what's the most favorite place you've ever traveled to? Sedona. Sedona. I like it. Nice and close. Love the energy. Right on. Um,
1: yeah.
0: So let's, uh, I just kind of want to breeze through this first part real quick because I want to mainly just kind of talk to you about mindset. Um, awesome. So let's uh, talk about um, what got you into chiropractic care and how your business has kind of evolved from when you started until now
1: wow okay yeah so after college uh i went into the marine corps i became a marine corps officer after after college and was in flight school it hurt my back you know long long story short is that i had a flight surgeon said you should go see a chiropractor i'm like time out there quacks i'm not gone because well, you also should ride your bike because it helped me so i started riding my bike six months later uh i'm in this race in new orleans three and a half hours away when the race guy comes up say hey, you know would you like to ride for my team i'm like you know what I got a bad back, man. Some days is great, some days is bad. You know, some days I can ride for five hours, other days five minutes. And, and he goes, Oh, well, I got a great chiropractor. I'm like, Yeah, no, no, I don't I don't want to see one, you know. Um, oh, go back a little bit. So now the guy says, Well, you know, maybe you should find one pro athletes go to. And I was like, Why that? He goes, if They trust their health, you know, million dollar athletes. Maybe you should. I'm like, Yeah, sure, whatever. You know, offended chiropractors don't like that. So anyway, this guy says, Oh, that's too bad because cause my, my chiropractor treats all the Saints players. And I'm like, Oh, okay, well. That that rung a bell, like, all right, that's what the guy was telling me to do. So I went to see this guy, completely turned my life around, told me all the things I was doing wrong that was creating all my problems, Um, and so didn't have any structural issues like they told me I had. And so they were already getting rid of me, uh, what's called a reduction in force, right before the first goal four. So I got out and uh, decided to go to chiropractic school because my wife at the time says, you know, like, you know, just, just pray about it. And if this is meant to be, because this guy was telling me, oh, you'd be a great chiropractor because you're an athlete and, you know, you're smart and da da da. What do you want to do? And I said, I want to be a high school guidance counselor because I want to work with athletes. Uh, I mean, kids, but I also want to be a coach. And he goes, oh, this would be great for you. So I go back and take this second semester of organic chemistry, inorganic chemistry that I'd had oh, six and a half years before. And I I get an A in a class. I get the highest grade and I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is what it's meant to be. And so yep. applied to chiropractor school, went and, you know, that's, that's, that's how I got into doing what I'm doing for the like last 23 years.
0: Right on. And so, um, cause you don't practice like the typical, uh, chiropractor by any stretch of the imagination. So sure. let's, uh, let's talk about what a typical session looks like for you. So I know that you have a introductory session, which is usually about an hour long, helps you kind of figure out what's going on with them, and then their follow ups are about half hour long. So let's talk about that a little bit.
1: So, yeah, so, First visit, I haven't filled out tons of paperwork. People always complain, but it gives me a really good picture of what's going on with them, you know, things that have happened in the past, because I want to know about past surgeries, past injuries, past infections, with all right. the stuff that we do, uh, past brain traumas, you know, past what do they do for fun, how many kids do they have, because that stuff all plays into what we do, as right. opposed to what do you coming with today, because there's so many times that what people have had in the past is what's their driver and not what they're complaining of today. That area is not really the driver. It's just where the symptoms end up, so... First visits an hour with me, approximately 45 minutes to an hour, and then they're there probably another hour um, in treatment. And so then we have to figure out what we do. We we do something called targeted frequency therapy. So all of our therapies are based upon frequencies. And so what's the frequency of the tissue that's damaged, and then um, or, or or not functioning correctly? And then let's say it's like uh, um, uh the capsular ligament, which is uh 480 hertz. Well then I know okay that's the frequency for that. If it's a it's the MCL or the ECL. I know that's 100 hertz, so I can I know that frequency. And then i got to go, what's wrong with it? Is it inflamed? Is it acute inflammation, chronic inflammation? Is it swollen? Is it like what's going on with it? Is it broken? Is it torn? Those are different frequencies. And I line those frequencies up, and that's where then I treat them, whether it be with sound frequencies, electrical frequencies, uh, light frequencies, um, 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 you know, and anything I do is, is going to be based all upon that. Um, And then I might use Chinese herbs and all that kind of stuff. Follow-up visits are going to be with me a half an hour, but in the clinic probably an hour, hour and a half. just depends. We're getting some really crazy ones now, like people diagnosed with Parkinson's and MS and cancers and all kinds of stuff. And obviously we don't treat those things because that's not what chiropractors have a license to treat. But what I treat is uh, dysfunction in the body, so whether it be brain or organ or, you know, a a structure like a ligament or a a bone or a tendon or something, I treat that. So. Um, what we find, though, is a lot of times is that if we don't treat the brain, you know, like people are talking about CTE now, well, it's really, really imperative that you treat the brain because if you're not doing something for the brain to reintegrate that new movement pattern, let's say in something simple like a sports injury, then it's not going to stick. It's not going to last. So we we do protocols, for what we call concussion. You could call it brain reset. You could call it whatever. But we stopped doing that for a period of time just to see what would happen and instead of the, the results being vertical, in other words, the results being really quickly, happening quickly, it flattened out a little bit, uh pretty significantly, not like a flat line, but flattened out. And then we reintroduced them back, and boy, it, it started to just kick back up again. And so that's kind of what we're known for, is um, yeah. being able to try to... The first part of any treatment, right, is, you already know this, is diagnosis. And so, you know, yeah. a lady said yesterday, like, so you're treating my daughter, even though she has an ankle sprain, you're treating her for stuff that that other people have been treating, you're treating things that no one else is treated, but yes, she's been treated for the last four and a half months. I said, exactly. She goes, and in five minutes, she's almost completely out of the pain that she hasn't had any relief for the last four 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 and a half months. And I'm right. like, but you have to look at things. So if you don't look the way I look or if you don't look differently, you're, you're not going to see that. So someone hides something, but I don't look for it. I'm probably not going to find it, especially if it's in an innocuous place. So my whole thing is, is you know, you've got to think of this in your imagination. You've got a box, you've got a person, and they've got a bubble coming from their head because they're thinking inside the box. Well, then they go, oh, well, okay, and I, I draw this picture. And then I put the person outside the box. they got the little bubble of thinking, and they go, what are they doing? They go, they're thinking outside the box. I go, well, what are they still tethered to? And they go, oh, the box. Right? I don't know. the box. I said, how about if we take the box away, and all I do is I think. No, right or wrong. No, okay, that works, that doesn't work, um, you know, um, why would that work? I don't know. That's just a story. Because I can give you a great example. A lady came in with arthritic changes in her knee, MRI, she's had injections, you know, she's had physical therapy, she's had chiropractic care, shit. So and stuff. she had massage therapy, she had stuff. She's had all kinds of neural work and stuff, stuff done. Nothing's helped. And I treated her knee twice, no results. I said, okay, we've got to think of something different. She goes, well, it's my knee. I'm just telling you. And I said, okay, well, we've got to look at things differently because that's not it because I know the frequencies for the your quote unquote damaged tissue on MRI and that's not helping. So that's not your driver. And so right. she goes, well, what are you talking about? I said, well, the only thing you have the knee. What else do you think isn't permanent? She goes, well, I've had this heart condition for like 30 years. I'm like, really? Interesting. So we dive into the whole thing. So I do some frequencies for a heart, and in 20 minutes, knee pain's gone. hasn't come back. Right. That's it. So That's it.
0: That, so that was uh, one of those things that when I learned from you, and you're like, there is no box. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> so then, you know, so, and like the further I get, and I just had one of those clients the day where... You know, she leaves and I'm like, yes, that's why I do this because she's been having all this back pain for years and years and years and it's not her back. You know, that's just, that's just a symptom. That's not the driver, as you say, or the cause. And so it's, um, and kind of what I've been talking to a lot of different people on on this podcast is looking at the person as a person. And so the way that we learn anatomy and physiology is these are the muscles and this is the connective tissue and this is the nervous tissue and this is the cardiovascular system, the lymphatic system. And we learn everything separate, but it's all the same thing and everything is connected to everything. So, you know, like for sure treat the symptom, but you have to look at everything. And like, like, like you just said, the intake process is everything because it could be, you know, well, I hurt my back bending over to pick up a sock off the ground. Cool. Well, what would you do before that? Oh, uh, well, I re-roofed my whole entire house. Okay, that might have something to do with it. Well, I got in a car wreck like five years ago, but that doesn't have anything to do with this because I wasn't hurt. And I'm like, okay, so let's look at what the – so because you didn't get quote-unquote hurt doesn't mean that it wasn't traumatic. And so that could be this or that, and it just – goes on down the gamut, like hormones, everything. So it's just looking at the yeah. body as a whole. And, you know, like you said, there is no box. And so our problem is, is, like, well, is this a muscle dysfunction? No, because that's in the box. It's a human dysfunction, which is there is no box. It could be anything. And so, you know, uh, just uh, one more thing. Like, there's, like people always ask me, what is going on with my knee? And I'm like, I have no idea. I need you to come in, and then we'll figure it out. Because I can only do my best educated guess, but until we start like looking and and figuring it all out, then we we can't really determine what the exact exact cause of the knee pain is, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. Yep. So yep. too many people want you to give it a diagnosis, and what does a diagnosis mean? I mean, what it doesn't matter whether you're. I mean, you could be right, but what does it even mean then, right? So right. Um, you know, the thing is this. Think of people like chicken soup. How many, you know, your grandma makes chicken soup, my grandma makes chick- chicken soup, my wife, me, like everybody. And you can all have the exact same ingredients. There's only a set list of ingredients. But are you going to put the exact same proportions in all of those? No. And yet some might taste similar. Some might be completely different. Some you're going to love and some you're going to, eh, and some you're going to hate. Why? But they all have the same ingredients because it's the proportions that you put in there. That's the way people come to you. They have all the same anatomy, but they don't, you know, you and I know anatomy very well. We just don't know their anatomy better than them. And, right. you know, shame on us or anyone that says, oh, well, you don't have that symptom or, you know, that's not your problem. When they go, you know, most of the time, 95% of the patients, we, we went back and looked at our records over the last 23 years, and, and people that come in 95% of the time is for uh, a low-grade innocuous event that's repeatedly happened over a long period of time, sleeping position, right. poor shoes, the lifting technique, you know, on and on and on, or simple as thought processes um, can can create that stuff maybe it takes a little bit longer but all that stuff is all about energy it's all about frequencies it's all about creating so you know it's it's not about like oh i stepped in a hole and i i rolled my ankle or i've had plenty of kids come in going well yeah i rolled my ankle but that was like six months ago and i'm like well why does it still hurt then? like it should have resolved itself like right. you know you either had surgery didn't have surgery you had to upgrade one tear and it's still bad six months later or a year later or you know that kind of thing so stuff all the time too yeah
0: right so um let's uh let's kind of dive into frequencies a little bit because it's kind of complicated it's very it's not I'm struggling trying to find a simple way to describe it to people, so if you could uh figure out a way to or if you could just explain what frequencies are just to give people a better idea of what we're talking about there.
1: Okay, so they can go to a couple of things. They can go on YouTube, and they can look up Ella Fitzgerald, uh, the the great, famous uh, black singer that was on TV for Memorac years ago, like in the 70s and 80s. And she was singing this really high-pitched note while there's this glass goblet on the table. And I don't remember what the commercial was, you know, what they were saying in it, but it was um, – um, For memorex, and it was I think it was about how they had such clarity in their in their audio tapes and stuff like that. So what happens is is she can match the exact frequency of that goblet, and every goblet's going to have a little bit different frequency, but if she can match the frequency, she can actually get the goblets crystals to vibrate, and then they 'll shatter, and that 's exactly what happens. You can look at um, another one on YouTube, which is the Tacoma Bridge, and I think this was back in the seventies, I think it was. But you, Tacoma Bridge collapsed, I think is what it, it is. And you look at it. They built the bridge to, to withstand winds of like 120 to 140 miles an hour. Well, it was either like a 30 or 40 mile an hour wind came through, got the bridge, and it was a suspension bridge. And so the bridge started to oscillate. So uh, oscillations would be the equivalent of frequency. Like how, how long does it take it for it to go up and back down full, full cycle? That would be what we call if it takes one per second, that's one hertz. And so what they found was the bridge got in unison in that, sh- in that, in that oscillation or shaking, and the bridge completely collapsed, but it didn't, they didn't understand it because the engineers didn't even take that into effect. They only took in the wind speed. And so could it withstand 140-mile-an-hour wind? Yeah, but it couldn't withstand 30 or 40 if the bridge then became in sync. So it's the other one is is that you can't measure this, but you walk into a room, and you come out, and your mom says, well, what do you think you are teaching? And you go, God, I don't like that guy at all. And your right. mom's like, well, what did he say? Or what did she say? And you go, nothing. And your mom's like, all right, that, that's just crazy. Like, Jesse, what are you talking about? What did he do? You go, nothing. How can you not like somebody? Or how did you say that you don't like him or you're not going to get along with them? Or, you know, you say something negative. And you go, I don't know. Like, he just has bad vibe. Like, what do you mean right. bad vibe? Like, it's that same kind of thing. We all give off this energy. So whether right. you're in a positive upbeat state, you're going to give off a certain type of frequency. If you're not, you're going to give off something else. And then just your general overall Frequency or or um, energy vibe that you're going to give off might not attract certain people. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just doesn't fit for certain people. And right. so what you need to do is you need to find out, like, what kind of people do you resonate with? Like, for me, I resonate with people that are upbeat, that have, a, have a, a, a vision in mind of what they want to achieve in this life, whether it be getting back to baseball or basketball or football, that they don't want to have to come to me forever, you know. Uh, they're willing to put money out up front, but they're like, "Hey, I want results right away." I I dig that because if they're willing to come to me like eighty times, I don't want that patient. I want someone that's willing to come like eight times or less, uh, right. and give me like two or three, just two or three. So I usually ask for give me two or three visits to try to figure out what I think is your driver, and then we can go from there. Um, not saying you'll be a hundred percent, but you should be a hundred percent better than you are, um, and we can at least figure out and you can go. Yep, I'm seeing some improvement. Great, fantastic. Um, right. But yeah, the frequencies are, are are simply that. Like I take a tuning fork if I have a 100 a, a, a tuning forks in my office and they're all upright and they're in a stand and I take one tuning fork that matches one of those there and I, I you know, bang mine and I let it vibrate, the only one that will vibrate with mine is the one that matches that frequency. So right. because it's the only one that has the exact same frequency. So the whole idea then is to try to figure out, you know, what is going on with people based upon frequencies? Now that, again, it might be the mental issue, it might be emotional, could be nutritional. I mean, drugs give off frequencies at the very, very, you know, end of the spectrum. You're talking about, okay, yes, yeah, got this chemical chemical composition, blah, blah, blah. But in the end, what, what, what is it giving off as far as a frequency? And that will tell you what, um, um, you know, what will do to the body on, on the molecular level. That's what you're looking for. Right. All right. So I don't know if that explains, but, But it it is kind of complicated, but yet at the same time, it's really super, super simple. Is that if I know the frequency of the tissue, like that glass, if I know the frequency of that and I can produce that frequency, I can get enough energy into that glass to make it break. Right. And not touch it, ever. Never touch it. Same thing. So someone walks in and they have, you know, and I have really good energy and I'm going to impart that energy to them because I'm going to do body work like you do, then, um, and I actually wouldn't even have to touch them. But I'm going yeah. to impart energy to them. I want it to be really pure, positive, uplifting energy. Um, I don't want to be stuck in their, their quagmire if they're feeling sorry for themselves because they blew out their ACL. You know, right. I want to be something positive. I always tell people this. You come in with a torn ACL, you come in with a disc herniation back, but let's see an athlete, especially torn ACL or torn labrum, and they're going to have to surgery because I've evaluated them. I'm like, you know what? We'll get an MRI. And but I'm really sure this is what it is. Or they bring me an MRI and I go, listen, I'm not going to be help you. You need surgery, then I can help you. And, you know, a lot of times they will start crying. I go, listen, I'm telling you right now, I've been doing this now for 23 years. I can tell you I've never been wrong with this statement. You will find something really super positive with this. I don't know what it's going to be, but you have to look for it. You don't have to, but if you want to find something positive or even, you know, be worried about what's going on with you and you're never going to make it back and all that, and that's what you'll probably create. Or... You can say, hey, what am I supposed to learn from this? And then go there. And the ones that do, which is the majority of the people, because that's who gets to me, um, they find something amazing later on down the road of like, wow, if I hadn't met you, I wouldn't have stopped doing this. If I hadn't met you, my mom wouldn't have came. If I hadn't met you, my sister would have never came. And you know, I can tell you story after story after story of those, That people come to me, and it, I always believe it. They come for a reason. I just don't know what they are sometimes.
0: Right. And that's – uh so that's – you know, part of the frequency that we were just talking about. So like the, it's, that's why I really love kind of having my own practice is because I, people gravitate towards me and I gravitate towards them. And then we have this exchange where they ultimately feel better. But it's harder if you work for somebody where you work on whoever comes in that door no matter what, whether they vibe with you or not. And that's why, you know, there's, times where you can go in to work and you'd be like, oh my God, this person's coming in today, but you're not vibing with them, but you have to work on them anyway. And then, you know, that's why the like energy vampires or whatever. And so right. you can, if you have your own business, you can really protect your culture and work on the people that want to be better. And, you know, cause I'm, I'm in the the same category as you where I want to work on people who want to work on themselves. I can't have the people that just come to me week after week after week. I want you to be better and go out and accomplish things and be a better human, be more functional, right? So, I mean, just, yeah, being able to maintain that just makes every single day that you have more rewarding and and gives you more gratitude and makes The world a better place, in my opinion.
1: Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Right. Um, You know, and so, like, when you're dealing with that, like, you know, you're going to attract what you are. that was really hard for me because I remember when I was first in practice, I I wasn't into energy medicine, you know, 23 years ago. And so I remember I was having some, you know, some tough patients here and there. And um, one of my friends at the time said, you know, you need to look at what you're doing wrong. I was like, what the heck are you talking about? What am I doing wrong? That dude's a turd. And he's like, well, yeah, but why would you attract him? I'm like, well, I don't know. He just walked in my door. He goes, but why did you attract him? I'm like, dude, I didn't call him. He goes, I didn't say he called him. Why would you attract him? And I kept, I kept being really resistant to that. Like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, shut up, man. And then come to figure out, I'm like, wow. He goes, there's a common denominator to all the people that come in. You know, why are they coming? So they could come for a couple of different reasons. I figured out over the years. One is because they 're in a bad place and i'm in a great place, and I could lead them to uh help lead them to a, a better place. two is because i'm in a bad place they're in a bad place and misery loves company right? right um or three is that um someone else thinks that that person could help i I could help them and but they're not ready yet like you know, um someone else wants them to get better, but they really don't want to get better, so that's how the end up getting to me but in, in general, you know, I have to look at it as like I have to come completely full, I need my patient to come as completely full as they can be, so that might not be ninety five percent but like for my wife and I, the reason our relationship works and a lot of other relationships don't work is because people say, "Oh, that person completes me well." Okay, so that's basically saying like you're you are fifty percent empty. That person fills you up to hundred percent, but now you just took fifty percent or forty five or whatever it is from them. Where I look at it is in relationships, whether it be in my clinic or whether it be uh personal or whether it be um within my family, is that I want everyone to be as close to one hundred percent. So that's probably ninety to ninety five percent, and then those other people can pop you off, right? Also in relationships if I look at it is the same thing with my clients, is my patients is that it has to be the infinity sign, which if people don't know what that is, that's the figure eight turned sideways, laying on its side. And so you you give me en- – or I give you energy, right? So it starts from left to right on the top of that eight, and I give energy, and it flows down, and then it starts to lose a bit of a momentum, and then they swing it back towards me, and it's just this never-ending. That's what infinity is, right? So I give them yeah. energy. They give back to me. I give to them. And some days a little bit more than others, but it's not that they they – like you said, an energy vampire where they leave and I feel drained. Number one, that's on me. That's not on them because I allow them to. Because if I put a proverbial bubble around my space and say, you're not going to get in, then it doesn't matter if that's an energy vampire or not. I've actually taught patients that and they said, you know what? That coworker I had that was really, really, you know, destroying me and I thought that I didn't like my job, but you made me realize I love my job. You know, I love where I go to work at. I just don't like the person that I work with. And once I did that, they left me and I said, what are they doing? They're doing the same thing to somebody else. I'm like, well, so you either have, you know, a couple options. You can either go teach that person what I taught you about the bubble or, you know, you can let them just stay there. But the idea was is that you realized that it was your energy that was attracting them as opposed to it was just out of the blue. And you know the thing you know, about the law of attraction, I believe in it. But even if it doesn't work, wouldn't it just – it just gives you, at least mentally, right, it gives you the feeling of some control in your life that I can control who comes in and out of my life as opposed to people just randomly come Or there's this plan that's already set and I have nothing to do about it. That just seems such a victim, and I don't want to be a victim in this life. I want to be um, uh, a leader, and I want to be legendary in in what I do. And, And otherwise, I'm just going to be you know, a loser, in my opinion, because I'm going to be happy one day and then depressed the next day. And happy and then depressed. And it's all based upon what just transpires that day. So I want to try to create. That's my whole gig, right, is every day I want to create a legendary day. Um, and that's, that's our thing. Legendary living. My wife and I came up with that. And, and every day we want to live a legendary life. Right. You know, like a lot of people, they'll, they'll exist in a life. And when I say life, it's L I E dash F because it's a lie. Right. They don't, they don't live life like all capital letters. They exist in a life. And so if, if people can get over that and realize that if they are living, if they are existing in a life, they just need to change that and transform that into the life that they really, truly believe they deserve. And if, but, they, if they don't believe they deserve it, they won't create it. So that all starts with like a mindset because we know that, you know, uh, what I envision are, are going to lead to the things I'm going to think about. And then it's going to lead to actions. That's going to lead to results. And then I have to adapt if I didn't get the results that I wanted. And then I have to overcome those. And then I kind of just start the whole process over. So one of the things my wife and I do when you talk about, like, mindset is, you know, we go to bed at night and we give gratitude for the things that happened. It could be three things, ten things, a hundred things, whatever. But then what we do is we give gratitude for the things we want to transpire the next day. And it's really powerful. And the patients I've taught that to, they come back and tell me, like, oh, my God, it's like it's like a genie. like I'm rubbing the genie's lamp. And I'm saying, right. hey, you know, tomorrow I want my boss to, like, give me a compliment. Or I want, you know, two new sales leads tomorrow. Or I want to be able to... You know, uh, lift, you know, five pounds more than I did last week or whatever, or whatever, whatever. But the idea is it's not like you're asking if you don't have it and you want someone to give it to you. You're already thanking it for being in your life. So whether you believe in God or right. the universe or whatever, you know, you're just trying to tap into what's already out there and you're, you're, you're trying to then put it into your mind, your consciousness, uh, subconscious while you go to sleep because that's what you're going to marinate on. That's why you don't want to be like on the internet unless you're watching something that's uplifting and positive and, you know, life changing. You don't want to be on the internet. You don't want to be watching some scary movie. You don't want to, you know, go to bed mad with your partner or, you know, talking to a relative or something that upsets you. You want to be in that good state. That's one of the reasons I listen to, I listen to paraliminals every single night.
0: Yeah. The reason
1: is this company called Learning Strategies uh, found a way that you can talk to the left and the right hemisphere at the same time. So he splits up his voice. Sometimes he's talking in the right ear, sometimes he's talking in the left ear. Sometimes he's talking in both ears. Sometimes you focus right, left, and neither. Sometimes you fall asleep. But the whole idea is that you're trying to – I'm trying to make this positive transformation in my in my psyche, um, in, in mental, emotional, and then in my physical body um, through my thoughts and through my mind. So that, right. that's kind of the things that we do.
0: Right. So the there's kind of a lot to unpack there. Uh, I know. So one, of, one of the things that I say is um, – Like, basically taking ownership of your shit. So, like, everything that you do is your fault, which is, you know, essentially what you're saying. So, like, if you have a terrible day, that's on you. You chose to have a terrible day. And then what you're saying is by practicing gratitude at the end of the day and then practicing gratitude for a day that hasn't even happened yet, you're changing the narrative in your head to where you're not focusing on the negative, you're focusing on the positives. And then ultimately, that makes your day better. So, like, if you start first thing in the morning and you stub your pinky toe and you're like, great, this day is going to be terrible, then you're only going to focus on the terrible things that are happening to you every day. And so – and um, if you're practicing gratitude, then um, you – you know, stub your toe in that morning, and then you're like, oh, man, I need to – thank you for giving me the opportunity to be more focused, right, or whatever it is. And and so that's kind of how I interpret it to people is, you know, you need to take ownership of yourself. So if somebody makes you feel bad, then you're allowing that to happen. You know what I mean? Correct. So if, you, if you put up this barrier – then they can't make you feel bad because you are in ownership of your feelings towards that person. You know what I mean. And if you yeah. come at them with compassion, like why is this person making me feel bad? Like what's going on with them? Let's figure this out. You know. And then this whole entire transformation happens with that that uh that person to where you start to figure them out and ultimately make them feel
1: better. Right. So yeah. Just, well, you, so the thing is, is that. Personally, okay, so number one, these are these are my beliefs, okay? No one can make you feel bad. Like, I can right. physically hurt you, but I can't make you feel bad. That's on you. Like, right. like you're going to – so that's your reaction to what I said. Now, my thing is, is that if it doesn't resonate with you at all, in other words, if there's – if the frequency of that statement, like, you're a loser, you think you know everything, you're you're such a mean guy, whatever, if that resonates with you and you get pissed off about it, there's some truth to that. Now, it doesn't mean that it's real. It doesn't mean it's a fact, but there's some truth to you that you believe in that. So my thing is, then you have to dive in and go, okay, well, why did that, why did that strike a chord with me? Why did that break my goblet? Because that resonated with me. And that's what resonance is, right? So when you get the, someone gives me something that they say something, even though it's, you know, maybe I consciously think it, it's, oh, that's, that's crap. That's a bunch of crap. That's bullshit. But if I get upset about it, it must ring true. So there's something in my subconscious that's going, yep, see, I told you so. Told you, right? So, um, you're not as good as you think you are. Or, your parents said this or they said that. Because remember, between the ages of the time we're born until six, our mind is concrete. It takes in everything. It can't filter out anything. There are no filters. So anyone says something to you, even though it's really nice, it's really sweet, like, oh, my gosh, Jesse, all you ever do is make messes or you're always breaking things or you're always screwing things up for mommy or whatever. All you hear is I'm a screw up, I break things, nothing gets fixed, you know, on and on and on. And so that could be a program. I've had it for a patient. She was, she was literally getting hurt all the time, and what it came down to was we had to do some stuff with her, and she had to do a little bit of self-hypnosis and stuff, and she actually rid herself of that program of that all I ever do is break things. All I ever do is screw things up. like I, I'm never going to have things, and it was something simple that she went back to, and it was what her mom used to say to her when she was little, and, and her mom didn't mean that with ill intent. There's so many things that, you know, after I learned this stuff, I was like, God, well, how did I screw my kids up, you know? And so now you have to go back and try to help them uh, to to change some of those programs. And it wasn't that you were a bad dad. It wasn't that you were mean. It was just that the language is so powerful, especially, like I said, between the ages of zero and six. Right.
0: Yeah, that's – and so my dad used to say this thing that was so annoying. So when people were picking on me when, you know, elementary school, middle school, whatever, he said they are – shooting, they grab their bow, and they are shooting an arrow at you, and it's landing at your feet, and you're deciding whether to pick yourself up and stab yourself with it or not, <laughs> and I was like, what does that mean, how does that help me, and so here I am like 20 years later, and I'm like, ah, I get it, yeah. you know what I mean, like
1: yeah, fake pops. you're right, <laughs> freaking
0: wise old man telling us how the yeah, world first, works, <laughs>
1: first he's stupid, now we're like, no. oh, that's so, that's uh. definitely so clear, yeah, yeah right, that's, that's, yeah, yeah.
0: And so, you know, that's a, so that's another thing that I kind of wanted to talk to you about is, you know, I uh, unfortunately haven't spent too much time around you. But when I do, you just pick out these people's like emotions just immediately. It's insane. I've never seen anything like it. So, like, somebody will come in and they're like, oh, I'm having this shoulder pain. Like, you know, I can't get rid of it. It's been here forever. Like, I don't even really know what to do. And then you're just like, hold on, let's go outside and talk. And they go outside, and then they end up leaving. And then you come back in, and they just have – they've got this deep-seated emotional trauma that they are going to have to come see me for privately, so we're not going to work on them right now. And I'm like, how do you even find that stuff? And so, you know, I've been – I think, you know, part of it is just your experience, and you can – look for it now because that's kind of where i'm at um you know from the education that i've gotten and uh so let's kind of uh dive into that a little bit like just how the emotions affect the body and especially like subconscious emotions
1: okay well first of all this isn't this is something everybody has this is the difference for me the difference between a belief and knowing a belief is you know, like, I believe, uh, I like the color blue. Well, that's a belief because that could change tomorrow, or I could change the hue of the blue, or, you know, that kind of thing. Or I like Jeeps in that, you know, two years from now, ten years from now, I could hate Jeeps because of some experience that I have, right? A yes. knowing is, I know the sun's going to rise in the east, it's going to set in the west. I know that my wife loves me. I know that my kids love me. I know that this is my calling in life, what I'm doing now, right? So, those, there are different difference between knowings and beliefs. So, when when you say, like, how do you picked out with people, I'll tell you, because, like, along the way, I've had so many great teachers. My first wife was a great teacher in that when I was deciding to go back to chiropractic, I chose to go to chiropractic school. She said, well, you know, like, you don't need to be a genius. Remember, Dr. Provence says, you know, that was a chiropractor I went to turn my life around. She said, uh, he just said that you need to learn to be, you know, like kind of like a magician kind of thing. So my wife gets me this little guy with a little crystal ball and a little wand and she goes, you're going to work your magic with people. And I'm like, huh, that's a, that's a great idea. She goes, you don't have to memorize everything. You just need to know how to touch people and then figure out what's wrong with them. And then later is, is I'm going through practice. I'm like, she's pretty good at what I do and stuff, but you know, um, people start to teach me things here and there. And then the thing that kind of like really cemented it for me was, uh, I was at a, a a men's retreat, and so um, I'm working on all these different guys, and stuff. I'm like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! Like, you're you're freaking, you're you're the one! Like, that's it. We're gonna call you the one." And my buddy comes over, he goes, "No, he's Neo from the Matrix." Ooh, ooh. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh," wow. he goes, "Dude, because you can do shit that nobody else can do." And I'm like, "No, that's actually not true. No, but you can." I go, "Well, maybe I can, but it's because I know I can. That's the difference." You might believe you can, and then when you can't, you'll go, yeah, see, I know it. You can't do it. For me, I'm going to go, I know I can do it. Even if I can't, the next time someone – if I strike out 20 times in a row, I know the 21st time I'm going to get a hit. I go, that's the difference between you and me. You believe you will, but then when you don't get it, you're like, Oh shoot, I know I can. not See, I know I can. I right. said so that, that starts with a mindset, is that, okay, when people walk in, I go, first of all, they have to be able to let me in. Right, right, and two, I have to be willing to go there's no parameters it might be it might be emotional, it might not be, but they walk in, and I get these cues all the time i had got them before, but i didn 't listen to them not until I' learned how to like really uh through a lot of um practice with other practitioners and stuff and people teaching me their skill and set and that kind of thing and then I realized how it worked for me was I would get these like if someone would walk in. Um, I remember this for the very first time, but I didn't know what I was doing. They walked in, and I was treating them in this and that. And all of a sudden, I got to their, their foot, and I was like, oh, that's crazy. Like, I should have went here before. Like, their foot was all locked up, but they were coming with back pain. And this was, like, probably the fourth visit. And this was, like, 22 years ago. And so I finally get their ankle and stuff. And then I'm, I'm telling my wife, she goes, oh, well, why, why? – he, he leaves, and he says, how much better it feels. My wife's telling her, like, yeah, I was working on his ankle today. And she goes, oh, so you kind of just started in his back and worked your way down. I'm like, No. And she goes, why? And I go, because I had this really weird feeling the very first visit. He walked in. I thought he was wearing a, a clown shoe. And she goes, what do you mean? I go, because his foot was huge, like Bozo, Bozo the Circus. Like he had this giant shoe on. And I, But I didn't I didn't follow that. And I kept treating his back, and it didn't get better the first three visits. And then I, I just skipped everything. I went right to his foot. And, you know, the funny thing is, he told me that visit, not the first three visits, oh, he, he sprained his ankle like weeks ago, and it kind of still bothers him off and on. I said, and I worked on his ankle, and then he got up, and he had to go to the bathroom. He came back and goes, oh, my back's going a lot better. And she goes, well, so that, why'd you go to it? I go, I don't know. Like, i got to figure this out. Like, why was I being led there? I feel like I'm being led there. So that's where a lot of times the body or people will tell you, either one in their face, you know, you're looking at them, they're smiling, but something's wrong. Like, there's just, your gut churns. Like, there's just something wrong. Your intuition says something's not right there. Now, I've had patients say, no, 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 there's nothing there. It's not an emotional thing and all that. Then her husband leaves and they go, yeah, it's like, it's, you're right. It, it has to do with me and my husband. I'm like, oh, okay. I just didn't want to sit in front of him. Or three or four visits later, they're like, all right, yeah, you know what, I'm not getting better. Uh, I listened to what you said about the emotional stuff. You know what? Yeah, I got this stuff going on and they start, you know, spilling their guts out. And you'll notice it. Or, like, again, like you were saying, like, I, I just know it's an, I know it's a liver problem. And so... You know, for some people, though that's too freakish for them. Like, I'm coming with right knee pain. Don't be looking at my liver. I don't want my liver looked at. I want my right knee. So I'll do some stuff and I'll go. Okay, you know, I really think it's like I told you. I don't think it's your liver. I mean, I don't think it's your your knee. And they're like, all right. Well, what do you think it is? And I go, well, how about you let me do my thing? And then if I make it feel better, I'll tell you that. And they go, okay, cool, that's fine. I just want to feel better, like, right? Because you want to feel better, right? Then, yeah. Right. So then I'll get them better by working with their liver. And then they're like, all right. So tell me what you did. And I tell them. They go, well, that's crazy because I was, you know, just got done drinking or. You know, I was having this pain in my liver, whatever, you know.
0: And what you find
1: out is for most people that come to me, they're already open-minded anyway. It's my crap that gets in the way of thinking they're not going to, like, buy into it or they're not going to believe what I'm telling them or that kind of stuff. For most people that come see me, they already know. Like, I'm I'm known as the witch doctor. I'm known as the voodoo doctor. I'm known as magic man. I mean, all these different nicknames that people give me. And so what I should do is just do my thing. Yeah, people, I, people pay me cash. They have for 23 years. I don't accept insurance. I don't turn it into insurance. I don't, like, if people talk to me about that, I go, there's other providers and there's lots of them. More in Arizona, uh, in the Phoenix area per capita than anywhere in the world of chiropractors. If that's what you're looking for, chiropractor, go. If you're looking for someone, now, this is a great one. I got this from a medical doctor in Globe and he says, he says to his partner, here's the difference. He goes, you and I are doctors. He goes, John the healer. I was like, he goes, and his buddy goes, don't take, don't because he, he was coming to me as a patient, he's a medical doctor, and he goes, don't, please don't take offense to what I'm about to tell you. And he said that, I'm like, well, I don't take offense to that at all. That's pretty cool. He goes, yeah. oh, you understand? Like, he's not saying you're not a real doctor because you're a chiron. What he's saying is, is that we're doctors and we educate people, and this, he goes, you actually fix people. You actually heal people at, like, the, the, the deepest root that they need to heal that. And I said, I don't know, like, I, I truly believe that people have that ability. I really do. Just like I believe that people have the ability to, to take responsibility. See, because here's the other one. is I don't use the words blame or fault because my thing is it's responsibility. Like, if I know who's at blame for wrecking my car, I don't care about that. What I want to know is who's going to be responsible because the responsible means the ability to respond. Now, this is what's happened. Who's going to fix my freaking car? Because if right. you, take, you take fault, I hit your car. Well, that's great, but I'm not fixing it. I don't give a crap about fault. But if he goes, I'm responsible, great, because I'm going to hold you to that because responsible means you're going to fix my car because you have the ability to respond to what's happened. I don't care about fault. What I care about is responsibility. You have the ability to respond to what's happened. And that's the difference between that and blame. A lot of people would to blame. I don't want that. I just want to move forward. I want to go in the positive direction. Blame to me is like a negative and responsible is like, that's a positive. Like, it's not about like who's right and wrong. It's not, here's a, the other one. When it comes to like relationships for me and my wife, the one thing I always have to think about, or even with my patients, do I want to be right, right or do I want to be connected? Because hmm. like I can be right and then I just lost a relationship. Oh, but I was right, and I'm standing on my high horse, and boy, am I smart and all that. Eh, but do I want to be right or do I want to be connected? I want to be connected to my patients. Shit, that's why I give my cell phone number. Every one of my patients have my cell phone number. If you don't have it, it's because you're not my patient. If you don't have it, it's because I didn't ask you to come back. You know, If you don't have it, it's because I don't care enough about you like families that – that I would ask you to come back because I want my patients to be like family members. So that, that's kind of – I, I didn't come up with that either. I learned that from another friend of mine. And he's like, well, yeah. oh, here's the problem, John. He goes, do you want to be right or do you want to be connected? I'm like, oh, wow, that's pretty deep. And he goes, right? That's but I that deep, with, yeah. Yeah, says, I knew that resonated with you, though. He goes, and the thing is, if you're connected, you still are right because it's not about like the ego right. It's about are you doing what's right in that relationship? He goes, that's a difference. in in saying the word do you want to be right or do you want to be right because for you you want to be connected to people it's not about being like I'm right you're wrong it's about being connected which is the right part I'm like you're right and he goes yep so
0: well and that's that that kind of goes back to what you were talking about with the the more the most chiropractors per capita in Arizona and you're not competing with anybody so you know like I um, have a lot of friends that are massage therapists up here and I'm happy to you know take some of their clients and give some of my clients because I'm not competing with anyone because in you know what I've learned over the last couple of years is competition is a negative emotion and then you're not trying to um you're not like you like you were just saying you're not trying to connect with somebody you're trying to win so so in my mind being right is the same as winning And so if you're trying to win or you're trying to be right, then it doesn't matter what their side of the story is or what is actually going on in that event. You're trying to win, and then it becomes a competition. So, like, if you're in an argument with your wife or your best friend or your dad or your mom or whoever, and you're trying to win, then that means that you need to rise above that competition and make the connection, like you just said. Because sometimes being right doesn't matter, sometimes that connection matters, right?
1: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's what it's all about in this lifetime, in my in my opinion, right right um is is the connection, um so you know, and then when you talk about connections, like w- w- everybody I believe, like I tell my patients this all the time, because I, I really dive into the mindset or the emotional part, or just the mental part of I'll say every one of us have a rope attached to us. Right? And so that could be other people too, but every, every person has a rope attached to them. So it's into that rope. Do I want a buoy attached to me or do I want an anchor? Some people in this life are anchors. And so if yeah. that patient happens to be an anchor, I'm going to cut the ties. And I've even had it be family members. I had to be yeah. my mom. I had to because I, it was not serving me. And if it doesn't serve me, it's not going to serve my patients, my family, my friends. And so it's not affecting one person. It's affecting a lot of people. It's the butterfly effect. So I want buoys attached to me so that when I can't swim and I'm really tired, I can latch onto them, and I know that I'm going to have a safe haven. Um, That's my wife. Like, she's my buoy. She's not an anchor, and I don't want people around me that are anchors, and I've had them, you know, and you know some of them recently. And, you know, the the most freeing part was to, to cut ties with that because it brought me to where I was supposed to be and meet certain people and have some great experiences and stuff. But in the end, it was, it was not good for me mentally, physically, spiritually. Like it just was really bad for me. And so yep. as soon as I cut that anchor, I realized I just have to attach someone that's a buoy on the other end of that. And that's what I did. And then, you know, life goes on. You know, cause the thing is like in life, you're going to have, you're going to have pain. That's, that's part of growth. Like that's how you grow. But right. suffering, I believe, this is my personal opinion again, I believe suffering is, is when you take pain but you keep inflicting it upon yourself over and over and over again over a period of days or weeks or months or years, not because of someone else, but because of what you're allowing them to to affect you. So you're suffering, but it's your own. It's at your own hands. It's not because of anybody else. But pain is is inevitable. That's a part of life, and that's how you grow. Right.
0: Right. Right. And that yeah, the buoy thing. That's so. Kind of elaborating on that a little bit. There's some yeah. people that are anchors, and then you. Cut them off and let them go, and then they come back to you as a buoy, right? And so sometimes was, that's actually sometimes. very rare. But yeah, see,
1: here's the deal, though: you can't be the one that transforms them into that because right. here's the other thing: there's a difference between transformation and change. And so a lot of people think like, okay, you know, I'm going to change. Well, okay, so my wife wears different makeup every day. Unless she, someone has perfect, I mean, um, a permanent makeup, it's going to look different every single day. They right. they can have the exact same tools, attempt to do it the same way, and you're like, huh. Well, it's different today. could be their hair, but even something simple like eyeliner, and it looks different. It's a little bit thicker. They stopped a little bit. They went a little bit longer, whatever. That's changed. It's always going to keep changing. Transformation is the butterfly that comes from the cocoon. It's never going to go back and be that caterpillar, and it can't be. And that's what I'm looking for. I want transformation uh, out of the people that are around me. I don't want change because change is like weather. Like, I... I I want it to be, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that I don't like stormy weather and stuff like that. I just don't want stormy people. I don't want people that are not going to know what they're going to be about that day. Or today they're all about money and then tomorrow they're about, oh yeah, let's save the world, you know, let's make people happy. And, and then, and then the next day it's all about them. And I, I don't want it to be about that. I want it to be about that they're, because like when I look in relationships, I look at people either as a reservoir or a river. So I, I taught this to my patient recently, and she's like, you know what? She said to me yesterday, you actually saved my life with that concept. And I go, why? For her, I used it as stress comes in your life. You're either going to take everyone else's stress and all their crap, you're going to put it into your reservoir, and you're just going like, to let that implode you, or... You can still go through all those same experiences. But as a river, it just kind of flows through you, comes through you, and you pass it off, whether you give it to God, the universe, or whatever, and you just bless it and release it. That's kind of the same thing with people that are anchors. I, I bless them and release them. I don't want ill will towards them because I know that if they're going to be an anchor for me and I let them go, they're going to do the same thing to someone else. So I do bless them, and I, but I release them because it's not good for me. It's toxic for me. But I hope that they transform into a buoy. I don't want them to change into a buoy. Because all you have to do with a buoy is poke a couple holes in it, right, and then it it becomes an anchor because it fills with water and it starts to sink you again. So that that you know that's what I'm looking at. You know, another concept for me is like when I look at relationships are that circumstances don't make you; they reveal you. Mm. Someone that gets a lot of money. And all of a sudden, they become a real turd. They were a turd before, or vice versa. This guy loses all of his money. You go, God, he's such a great guy after he lost his money. He's was a great guy before. But you didn't see that. The, the circumstances just revealed him. They didn't make him. They don't make Circumstances don't make us. They reveal who we really are deep down. Yeah. So, you know, with that, you know, you, you got to find people that are buoys. you got to surround yourself with more people that are buoys. If you have an anchor, you got to cut them. And sometimes people, you know, um will want to be that and they'll want to attach to you and I'm like yeah not me I don't have time for that like you know in my patient that's not fair to my next patient after you if you're going to come in and be that energy vampire that that anchor I don't have time for that you know um I want to I want to figure out like why they're in my life if there's a reason now if I get more than a couple then I've got to do this and I've got to go okay it's my idea of the mirror in the window so if if they're coming in I have like four in a row let's say or four days in a row I have like a bad patient or Or I just have, like, a bunch of crap going on in my life. I have to look at it and go, well, I can either look through the window and go, what's wrong with all these other people, which will transform nothing in my life, probably not even change anything. Or I can look in the mirror and go, what did I do? What have I become to attract that in my life? And so I can work on me, which is simple, as opposed to I'm going to work on all those other people. (laughs) That's a freaking nightmare. Right. That's like taking your mother-in-law in and, and having her get therapy, and then that's going to make you feel better. Like, okay, right. you know, you work on yourself, and your mother-in-law is either going to go away or you're not going to let it bother you so much. Or, again, why is there something that she says about you that seems to irritate you? Because if it doesn't ring true to anything she says or that person's saying about you, then it shouldn't bother you at all. So that's like another technique that I have is the mirror in the window. So there's times I do that, right? Like I'm looking, what the hell's wrong with all those people? And my wife will be like, Uh, think about the mirror, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. And then like five minutes later, I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right, yeah, you're right. I, that, was, that was all on me. And she's like, you know, that's yeah. the thing though. Like it can, either, again, you know, you can look at things as obstacles or opportunities. Like so you stub your toe, like you're talking about. That happened to me recently. Stub my toe, my
0: ah,
1: and I look like, down, I go, oh, I was looking for that because it was under my dresser. <laughs> Right. Like, if I hadn't stubbed my toe, and I wouldn't have found that I can't remember what I was, I was looking for something. And I said, if I hadn't stubbed my toe, I wouldn't have found that. Like, so again, that's that part I tell my patients: same thing. Like, you're going to find something positive, but you got to look for it. Now, if I, my eyes have been closed, and I'm cursing, and I'm so pissed off, I'm so mad, I'm not going to find what I was. I actually was looking for, but stubbed my toe, found it. You know. So you know that's where we go through life, though. Like you know, and the thing is, if I surround myself with people that will hold to me, hold me to that same standard, that's what's awesome. But yeah. if they just let me tell them. You know, my, um, what what I believe in and don't hold me to that standard, then I'm teaching everybody else and I'm not getting taught. Right. That's what's great when patients go, Oh, Dr. Portman, you said XYZ, you know, and I'm like, You're right. You're, you're, you're 100% right. They're like, I, and I get this with kids all the time and my uh, high school kids especially, like, I taught Dr., and they're telling everybody, I taught Dr. Portman something today. (laughs) (laughs) You did, you you did. Thank you very much. You know, like, it's cool because they're holding me accountable at the same standard. And sometimes I'll tell people, the reason I might be, like, you You say, oh, man, you're so good at this. Like, you, you talk that way. And I go, okay, but the difference is this. If I have 30 patients today, and I talk about that, like, 20 times, I'm hearing that 20 times a day. You're hearing that once today. Now, tomorrow, I might say it 10 times. Now, tomorrow, I'm hearing it 10 more times, and you still only heard it one time. And then the next day, I might say it 10 more times. Now, I've heard it, like, you know, 60 times, and you've heard it once. And they go, oh. I go, so, you know. Don't, here's the other one. Is like let's say I've been practicing for twenty three years and I've been doing this stuff for twenty three years and I'm teaching you about mindset or I'm teaching you about frequencies or I'm teaching you about some new therapy and you're just getting started. You can't compare your middle with my end. Or you can't compare your beginning with my end of my journey. Um or your beginning with my middle. And and that's what we do a lot. I do that same thing sometimes. So like, you know, you'll see an instructor and you're like, Oh my god, they're so good at that. Like I suck at this. Like, yeah, well, you're comparing I'm, – I'm saying to myself, John, you're comparing your beginning with his middle. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why are you doing it? He's had 20 years of experience in this. Or it might be that, well, that's great. He should know it because that's all he does, like this one right. technique where you, me, and Jesse, and Jen, and all these other people, we do, like, 25 different techniques. And so that's the thing, too. Some people will come into, uh, you know, a relationship, um, whether it be in the clinic or, or not, and only have one way of dealing with things. And man, I mean, that works great, like a hammer and a nail. But you take that hammer to a piece of glass, and you're like, this this tool doesn't work. Yeah, because it's not meant for that, you know? Right. Yeah. Yep. It works, what doesn't work, and you've got to find out how it works. That's not just knowing what's wrong with people, but then knowing what to do with them and then what sequence. That's huge, too. So,
0: yeah. So, uh, my friend, uh, Ben Ramos was, I had dinner with him while I was, uh, in San Diego for a course, and he said, You know, I look at all these people, and they're just so far up that cliff. And I'm like, but we live in this age of information to where I can find somebody like you or, uh, you know, David Weinstock or whoever. Yeah. And and they've been doing this for 40 years, and then they just – I take a weekend course from them, and they're essentially yanking me up that cliff. You know what I mean? So then imagine where we're at 40 years from now. We're going to be – we're going to have people – Looking at us like that. So I don't look at, um, I don't look at, uh, people like you, and like I said, this is like changing your narrative, right? I don't look at people like you being like, oh my God, I'm never going to be as good as him. I'm like, look at all this stuff that he can teach me to accelerate me towards that end goal of being, you know, my own version of that. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. and, and finding the, the, the truth in the way that you want to practice because it's not, I I'm not going to practice like you or the guy that introduced me to muscle testing. I'm not going to practice like him or, you know, the, the, the guy that introduced me to all these, you know, the DNS uh, rehabilitation techniques. I'm not going to practice like him. I'm going to take little pieces from everybody and figure out my own thing and then become my own, uh, my own unique practice. So it's like there's a, 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 it's a business thing and it's called red ocean, blue ocean. So if you do the, the, the prototypical like massage therapy that everybody else does, then you're in the red ocean. But if you go and gather your own information and develop your own practice, then you're in the blue ocean. And so then you have your own unique thing, and then everybody's like, well, where can I go in Denver or in Phoenix or in San Diego to see somebody that's like you? And I'm like, you can't, because I am the only person that does things the way that I do it, right? So it's just – and, you know, just through a lot of my uh education, I've met so many chiropractors, and they're all phenomenal, and they all practice their own way, and I – I tend to avoid chiropractors that just do the same routine for 10 minutes and then kind of shuffle you out the door so the next person could come in. I tend to avoid those people, but not to say that they don't have their place, but that – and the massage therapists are the same way. And so, you know, that's just my version of what you were just talking about.
1: Well, you know, a couple of things ring true there. Like, you know, go back to that river and reservoir. Like, I, I'm a river in the sense of I don't hold on to ideas. Like, I, I'm more than willing to share them with people. I got a chiropractor coming to my clinic on Thursday, and I'm going to show him all the stuff that I do. And he's like, what do yeah. I, I owe oh, you? Yeah. I'm like, nothing. I don't care. You can do all this stuff. He's like, really? I'm like, what do I care? I said, he goes, well, what if I was right next door? I go, dude, I don't really care. Like, the people that are supposed to come to me will come to me. The people that are meant to go to you will go to you. I don't really care. I said, like, you know, and he's a really nice guy. He actually was my intern, uh, in 1995. And so I found out that he actually practiced in my area. And so I hooked up with him and he was like, well, really you want to, you want to like get together and talk? And I'm like, well, why wouldn't we? And he goes, but I heard that you don't like a lot of chiropractors. I go, I don't because I don't think that they have their, their mindset right. So, you know, I think they want to be successful. I want to be significant. And so, you know, successful is like, I make a lot of money. I might be, um, um, have a nice house and that kind of thing. I want to be have significance and, and that's everlasting. Success is only during a lifetime because success is about me. Significance is about one, the profession. Two, about the client. It's more focused about them. And three, it's about am I going to live a leave a legacy on how people should be treated. And so for me it's not about the X's and O's. You know, it's not about like what therapies you use in that, but it's about how do you treat the human being like you were talking about when we started because that's ultimately what you're working with. I'm working with someone that's a living, breathing entity that's always going to have different challenges in their life. And so I, I want to have significance. I can tell you a couple of stories. One, I had a young man that was paralyzed. And before they did surgery, the, he was a gymnast. Before he had surgery, his mom called me and said, should I let him do surgery? And so later I talked to her. I'm like, "Well, you out of your mind? Or she goes, Dr. Poorman, I don't trust anybody but you. And when you said have surgery, I know you don't believe in surgery. So when you said he should do surgery because it was C5, C6, and it was, it was unstable, I said, no, I'm talking about like unwarranted surgery. Your son needed it so he wouldn't be paralyzed. He's like, that's why I called you. Another one was um, Coach Steve Campbell is a really good friend of mine now, but his mom, he's down at Williamsfield High School, and I've worked with him for 10 years. His mom got a brain tumor several years ago, and he called me and said, hey, Dr. P, I, I don't know what to do. My mom just is diagnosed with a brain tumor. What can we do? I was like, Steve, I'm not, I'm, a, I'm not a brain surgeon. He goes, I know, but I, I don't trust anybody but you. Tell me what I need to do. I'm like, okay. So I spent eight and a half hours on the Internet looking to see what I could find, called some people and this and that, and I found his mom and provider. She ended up passing away because we got to her too late. But the whole idea was that he actually – I was making a significant difference in his life, and he still sends people to me, um, you know, not even for sports injuries, just maybe for a mental mindset, you know, maybe – because they're, uh, they're not making enough money in their business or maybe because they have low back pain, but he thinks it's coming from something else or it could just be something physical too, right? But he knows yeah. that I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not. I'm not going to be a reservoir that holds on to every single client because I don't know when the next one's going to come. I'm a river. I had a patient come just the other day and she said, um, uh, husband, husband brings her in and they think she has Parkinson's. And I go, well, here's the problem. You're on 16 medications. You know, you've been taking an antacid for 23 years. No one yeah. needs to take an antacid for 23 years. I go, where do you want to be? She goes, I want to be off all this medication. I started with a couple. I started having problems by getting off them. I said, I know if you've been on them so long, but I can't put you on them, so that will, that, therefore I can't take you off. But I can send you to a naturopath that's right down the road from me. She's fairly expensive, but I'm going to tell you what. She's really, really good. So it's, it's going to be worth the investment. You come back and see me after you get off your medication, then I'll be happy to treat you. And he goes, wow, that is really refreshing. I go, why? He goes, well, because you know we went to a couple of the chiropractors. People sent us to them, whatever, and they're like, oh yeah, I can fix you. And I go, Now with sixteen medications. I go, dude, she could come every day for the rest of her life. She won't. I don't think she'll get any better. And I do some cool stuff, but you know what I said? I said it's like making chicken soup. But you're starting with water from the toilet or something from urinal. You know, like it, yeah. it ain't going to taste good. Like let's start all over again. Let's start, let's reboot the system. I said, and that's what she needs to do. She's got so much stuff churning inside of her. Half the stuff I don't even think she needs, but I can't tell you to not take it. So let's get you somebody that does. He called me the other day and said, Hey, they're getting off the beds and she's actually doing better each day. And I'm like, that's awesome. He goes, when can we come back and see you? And I said to him, I have a, I have a patient for life, don't I? And he goes, yeah. He goes, because you were completely honest. He goes, we would have given you $5,000 that day. I want my wife to be better. He goes, not because I have the money, but because I'm willing to put anything towards my wife. And I said, and how dare me take advantage of you when I know that you're willing to do that, when I know that I'm not what's best for your wife? And he goes, I need more people like you. And I said, that's the difference, because I'm, I'm really attempting to be significant in this life, not be successful. Because if you're significant, you'll have success. If you have success, you're not always going to be significant, or you can't be significant. But if you're significant, you'll always have success. That's the way I look at it.
0: Right. Wow. That's
1: heavy-duty stuff, man. (laughs) I know, right? Yeah,
0: so, yeah, so there's a... A lot to unpack here. I'm taking a lot of notes on this one. <laughs> Brother, I do every
1: day, man. I'll say something my wife goes, where the hell did you say that? I'm like, I don't know. I never said that. Write it down. Write it down. <laughs> I'm like, God, that's awesome. I'm like, I know. Why did I say that? She goes, what the hell were you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> so, like I came up with that river and reservoir. I just, I just saw it in my head. Maybe I've read something. I have no idea. But I, I, I just said that to a patient. And then, like I said yesterday, she's like, oh, my God, that's really, literally changed my life. She goes, "Can I'll tell you what. Because before i started seeing you i was that was the, actually the lady with the heart problem that i treated her heart and then her knee pain got better she's never right. had knee pain again and so i keep doing some stuff for her brain i keep doing some stuff for her heart um and we do a lot of you know stuff but the biggest thing she said was the biggest impact you've had is is that when you told me the reservoir and the river thing she goes because she goes this week um she had this thing fall on top of her head and it hurt her shoulder and hurt her neck and so i had to treat her for that she goes and then um our computers didn't work, We had to write all our receipts out by hand, and then, you know, she was in a bookstore, she works in a bookstore, and then, um, um, you know, the shipment came and didn't have any of the books we were supposed to have, and then we had all these other errors, and she goes, you know what, it didn't really bother me, because I was like, you know what, I love this store, it's not hers, she goes, I love this store, I treat it as though it's my own, but I'm not going to take all this crap on, because I deserve better than it, so does my family, I'm like, exactly, and she goes, you know what, I think I had a better week as far as an employee, too, because When I would take that on in the past, I didn't, I wasn't as good as an employee because I was so wrapped up in all the drama of all the crap that just happened. She goes, and most of the time it would be half of that or a third of that and it would just, it would just destroy me. She goes, now I, I, and you've helped my husband, you've helped my daughter, our relationships are better. And I said, you know the biggest thing is, I said, yeah, I'm doing some frequencies that other people don't do I said but maybe the first part is, is I actually touch you I hold your hand I look you in the eye I give you time and we actually have communication I said right. that might be the number one thing I don't know I said all I know is this and she looked at me and she goes Dr. Porman, that might be right you know why and I go on she goes because you're really powerful I go you're right you're damn right I am I know that I said not right. in an egotistical way but I get like how powerful it is to actually touch another human being with the intent of I love you I'm here for you. I'm going to be your guide. I'm going to be your beacon. I'm going to, you know, that's why I have my cell phone number. If they have problems, they text. I'd probably get 350 texts, three to 350 a day from athletes. It's so easy for me to text them back. It's so hard to get on the phone uh, and and, and try to talk to them because I just don't have the time. But texting, I could do in the middle of the night. I could do it I'm in the bathroom, whatever. Um, And I I love that, man. I love the fact that, that I'm significant enough in these people's lives that they're asking me about food choices. They're asking me about, I just had a Vikings player contact me. He's like, Hey, I got a concussion. there anything I can do. You know, I heard that you're the guy. And I'm like, well, actually you got a player up there that has some of my equipment. So I said, uh, let me Skype with you last night. I Skyped with him. I said, let's um, run these protocols, blah, blah, blah. And so we'll see how he's doing today. But, um, I would imagine he's doing a lot better because of, you know, what he was telling me. And, um, he was like, wow, that's really amazing that this player's up here and he's a rookie. He goes, I- I'm a veteran. I'm going to go to a rookie and ask him for help. I go, but see, we all have skill sets. I said, he knows me. You didn't know me before that. I said, now the fact that you actually reached to a rookie saying, hey, I heard you might have some things that can help me because the trainers couldn't help him. They just told him, wait until you feel better. Well, he needs to get better so he can actually practice, so he can make the team again. Um, right. That's his livelihood. Otherwise, he gets to cut and makes nothing. And so right. we'll see how he's doing today. But he's like, that's really amazing. I'm like, hey, you know what? I said, now you owe him, right? And he goes, I'm not like he has to help him make the team or something. I said, but you owe him as a human being because he reached out in he to help you. And he's actually yes. in the exact same position. That's the other part, too it's another wide receiver i'm like that's pretty cool that yeah. rookie now he had a guy that was in front of him get taken out and he could have just stepped into his place another another step closer to making the team but he actually reached out to me to say hey can we help this guy i'm like that's awesome i love people like that
0: yeah and that's the kind of people that you attract that's the, the exactly frequency that you're putting
1: out right exactly yeah man so because dude uh, if i'm hurt i want someone reaching out and helping me i mean how do you think yeah. i've gotten as smart as i have Lots yeah. and lots, I can't tell you how I many lots and lots and lots of people, um, whether it be patients or whether it be just acquaintances or whether it be people in seminars or or instructors or whatever that have helped me to get to where I am. This is not a a solo journey nor what I want it to be. I want to climb to the top of the mountain holding as many people's arms as I can. One people that I've helped, but also all the people that helped me. Right. So Right, right, and
0: it's uh because yeah, you can't do this stuff on your own. So like you. I'm just like that's part of why I started this podcast cuz I'm like look at these people that are smarter than me, let's see if they want to talk about stuff. And then I just ask them questions about things and I learn things and then I put it out there so everybody else can learn it. And that's just, you know, then going to as many of these uh certifications as I can, like and because the the just the plain and simple fact that if you look at this certification and you sign up for it like-minded people are also signing up for that certification. So then you make more connections and then you make more friends and then your web grows. So when somebody's like, Oh man, I'm in San Diego and I have this injury. You're like this person or I'm in yeah. Phoenix and I have this injury, this person, Who well, who can I see in Denver? This person, this person. So your, your web grows and, and that's how your legacy grows. And that's how your connections grow. Yeah. Um, and so another thing that, I've noticed about you is that you, you, the only word that I could think of is like suffocate negativity. So, and you don't let, you don't allow people to talk down on themselves. So you're almost, um, you're almost changing their narrative the second they walk in the door. And so uh, like one of the things that really resonated with me um, when I took that course with you is that There was another person in there that said, "I'm just a massage therapist," and you're like, "Oh yeah, 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 Yeah. you're not just anything. You are a massage therapist, and you can make a difference in people's lives. You know what I mean? Like you're not just anything." And I was like, "Dang, shut her down right away." (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like you like let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit because you know there was I just I just got back from football camp with my high school
1: right where I'm I'm, I'm I'm a former marine. And so uh, I'm a officer and so you know I take them up there, uh, I go up to camp with them, and I trash them, and I, I don't charge them anything. Um, but the whole point is, uh, I'm screaming them the entire time: give me more effort, give me better attitude, and show me love for your brothers. That, that's yeah. that's my whole that's my whole gig. And if you're doing that, I don't care what place you got, you got last place. I'm like, great job. They're like, we got last place. I'm like, But you, you guys were working together. You did the very best you possibly could. You're keeping a really great attitude. Now you know who I'm pissed at? They go, who? I go, those guys. They go, but they got first. I go, yeah, but they didn't work together. They were just a bunch of individuals that happened to be good at that, but they didn't work it either it, it, with with one another. They weren't, like, positive. They weren't upbeat. They weren't, like you – know, they just weren't good at it. So I don't care about that. I want people that, you know, have those three attitudes, three three, three components. And so the kids are like, Wow. And so the other thing is, like, it's 5.30 in the morning. I'm yelling at If you want to believe all the crap that people – what are you guys, millennials? And they go, yeah, yeah, millennials are not hard workers, and they don't do this, and they don't do that, and yada, yada. That's a bunch of crap. I don't care if it's your mom. I don't care if it's your grandpa. I don't care if it's your school teacher. I don't care if it's your position coach. Anybody tells you that, you tell them to come talk to Dr. Portman. Because you know what? You can go anywhere in this life, and people will beat you down. What you need to hang out with are people who are going to raise you up. Because that's where it's about. I said, I'm a Marine, and I don't want to listen to people screaming and tell me how terrible I am. You want to get something to pop? Now, I can do that, but I'm just saying, in general, people don't respond to that. Because for me, you, you throw dog crap on me, to me, you know, or let's say elephant dung, because people have seen that on uh, Bear Girls and stuff. So you give me elephant <laughs> dung, that's fuel, right? You give yeah. me piercing, that's fuel. I don't really care. So you can talk negative or positive, tell me how great I am, that's awesome. i use it as fuel. You tell me what a useless you know, human being I am, ah, cool, great, yeah, interesting. Get it back in your face. Good. I'll use that, too. I don't really care, right? But my thing is, for most people in general, like, what, what really works almost 100% of the time um, is going to be, like, being kind and loving to them. I tell all these kids on a football team, I love them. These are 16-, 17-, 18-year-old kids, boys, men, you know, young men. And I tell them, I love you, you know? And they say, hey, Dr. Form, I love you, too. And I get them in the habit of that, that, you know, we want to give each other compliments. And I tell them, if you want to be a state champion, which we already are, because they haven't played any games yet, the, how do you walk? How do you talk? How do you interact? How do you treat your girlfriend? What grades do you get? How do you wear your pants? Not like a gangster. You know, and on and on and on. And it just starts to rub off. And I had, I can't tell you, man, we had 85 kids in there. I probably had 60 kids come up to me and say, Dr. Bullman, it was really awesome. Thank you for taking time. And this isn't a coach telling them either. They're all telling different stories. Thanks for coming up. I learned so much from you this weekend, um, you know, because it's like five days. Or, um, you know what, I, I feel like I'm a better person after being around you. Or what. I'm like, wow, now that's my calling. Because I'm taking people with me to the top of the mountain. Because I've had people do the exact same thing for me. Like when I didn't feel like I was, you know, good enough, smart enough, whatever, whatever, whatever. I had people helping me all along the way, man. And so I have to give that back. And so these young men are going to be our future men. And so I need to help transform them into what they really should be and not the crap that people tell them that they're not. You know? Um, And so that's just just my calling, man. And so in my clinic, it's the same thing. If people want to talk negative... You know, I just don't let them. Yeah. I, just, I don't have time for it. And I go, if you want to get healthy, you don't want to have to see me and all these different things, you've got to be talking to them in the positive. You've got to see yourself healed. You've got to, Not healing. You've got to see yourself healed. you got to see yourself making the money you want to make. You've got to see yourself waking up on your back. You've got to see yourself in the right relationship. You've got to see yourself losing the weight, uh, lost the weight already. You've got to see yourself already there because it goes right along with what I said is I give gratitude for the things I want to transpire the next day. Long before. Not like, oh, I hope I lose weight or I hope this or hope that. No, my commitment on the commitment ladder, I'm at the very, very top, which is I'll do whatever it's going to take. So part of that in doing whatever it's going to take is I'm going to give thanks before it ever happens, not wait till it happens. I'm going to give thanks before it happens. And so I just found that with my kids, like when you're being positive with them, like they'll run through a freaking wall for you if you tell them that. And so I'll come over to kids and I'll say, you got last place. Why? Why would you get last place? And they're like, well, you know, this and I'm not, and I'm not talking about all the X's and those. I'm saying, why did you guys carry the tire slower than anybody else? Well, I don't know. I go, well, I'll just tell you one thing. I heard no words of encouragement out of each other. I saw your head down. You were in first, first uh, 20 steps. And after that, you dropped the tire and da da da. And then next thing I know, you. So it's not what happened to you. The circumstances revealed you. Now, is that really who you are, or was that just, was that just a, a fluke? I said, I think it's a fluke, because I think you're better than that. Now, go on. Next time, they, they win the next, uh, well, I call them evolutions, the next little game they played with the tires. They won, right? And they were exhausted. And I'm like, do you see the difference? You went from last place to first place, and it was the exact same event. So it wasn't like anything changed. The, the evolution was the same. You had to carry the tires. You had the same set of kids against the same set of kids against the same set of kids. And yet you got first because you realized we didn't do what we could do to help each other as a team to get through this evolution. I said, that's what it's about. It's about breaking you down so that you realize that even with all the differences you have, or like in society alone, all the differences we have, there's so many things we have in common. Yep. And so let's be there for one another. Let's be each other. I, I teach these kids the same concepts. Like, be a buoy. Stop being an anchor. Or if someone's an anchor, get rid of them. You know, I'll say to the kids, what are the last five books you've read? And that usually doesn't work for high school, but as an adult, I'll say, what are your last five books you've read? And they're like, wow. I, I don't. If they're self-improvement books, awesome. If they're about, you know, video games or whatever, like, I don't know. I mean, that's, I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm saying if you want to be a better human being, then you've got to read things that are going to make you a better human being. And then I'll say, name your five closest friends. Name, okay, great. Give me their characteristics. They start telling me, but this works for high school kids a lot, and I go, how many of those people are negative? I'll do this in high schools when I go and talk to them, and, you know, they start telling me, why? Why do you think you deserve that? I've had people break down in the middle of class, not in football, like, where they're all, like, together. These are people they don't even really know and stuff from all kinds of different um, walks of life, and they have nothing in common other than they're in that teacher's class, and break down crying, going, I don't know, like, why don't I deserve better than that? And I... I literally transformed kids' lives in a matter of minutes. I have one teacher that I five different schools now when she's transferred different schools. And it's actually anatomy, physiology class. And then we get into just life skill stuff. And I've had kids, you know, continue to communicate with me or through her even sometimes. And she's like, oh, you remember Johnny sat in the front. Of me? And she's like, wow, completely different. I'm like, really? She goes, oh, my God. I'm like, whatever you said to him, like, it totally rang true to him. I'm like, great. That's the impact we can have one time. One time, Whether it be one visit in a clinic, you can have that much power if you tap into the source that they have in them and you just unlock the source of power that they have. Or it's that I'm um, you know, um going to show them how amazing they are. Because when people tell me, man, Dr. Pullman, you're so amazing, I go, great, you're right. Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, I'm great, you're right. So what does that say about you? And then I get really quiet and I have to think about it. I go, stop thinking. Turds hang out with turds. I'm an eagle. Eagles hang out with eagles. Turkeys hang out with turkeys. I don't hang out with turkeys. Unless I'm going to go down and eat them for Thanksgiving, I go, I'm an eagle. I soar in the sky. I said, and so do you. There's people that need to be turkeys, or they think they do, so that's fine. I'll let them be there. I bless them, release them. I said, but you're an eagle. You're like me. I said, get back up here where you belong. And then you can just do so much for people um, just by giving a little bit of encouragement because we all get beat down in life by people, man. I I just want to hang out with people that love me, and I love them. I'm not saying they don't call me out of my crap but I'm saying that they're doing it because they want me to be better at what, Not, oh, you're right, those people are being so mean to you and they should be doing that. They're like, hey, John, let's go, move on. Like, what else are you focusing on? Or what else you got cooking? Or, you know, tell me some great stories that happened in the clinic today. Or, you know, tell me about your, your, you know, your family members. Your, what's going on with your wife? Like, how's your wife? You know, there's something positive. Keep it in the positive, like you were saying. Um, I, just, I love that, and I love drawing that from people. Because we all have negative stories, but we all have a lot of beautiful stories, too. Yeah, just depends what we want to focus on. Right.
0: Perfect. All right, I think that's the place to end it, man. We just awesome. crushed it. Crushed awesome. it for about an hour, fifteen minutes. Thank you so awesome. much for
1: your time. I appreciate everything. Oh, anytime, brother. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, love you, brother. Love you too. Okay, bye. bye.